Greetings everyone and welcome to Quality Bites. I'm Cathy Balding and in these quality conversations I seek out a variety of perspectives on what makes a great health, community or aged care organisation and a great consumer experience. In this quality conversation I interview Julie Warnock who's an organisational psychologist who's worked with many health services. When I interviewed Julie, she was coming to the end of a four-week encounter with the health system as a patient for a sudden onset condition, from ICU through to rehab. So Julie talks about what makes a great health service and consumer experience from a patient perspective, a very personal perspective, with an organisational psychologist overlay. Pretty interesting. I hope you enjoy this episode of Quality Bites as much as I did. Greetings everyone and welcome to Quality Bites, where we cut through the jargon to get to the nuts and bolts of what makes great services and great care. Today it's my pleasure to introduce Julie Warnock to the Quality Studio. Julie is an organisational psychologist who has worked with many, many health services. Welcome Julie. Thank you. Let's start off by hearing a little bit from you about the sort of work you do with health services as an organisational psychologist. So let me, let me just add just two things to this. I am an org psych and I have worked in many health services. I work any, in a range, uh, anything that has social agendas. So the range of work covers education, health and welfare and community. And that allows me, I think, to compare and contrast. What's, why I'm enjoying this opportunity is that the last four weeks I've been an inpatient. Uh-huh. So I get to look at it as the one who's been working with systems for so long, 20 years, but also on the receiving end. So that's, that's made it more exciting. Yes, and just so relevant and fabulous for us. Oh. So thanks, Julie. We can't wait to hear, your, <laughs> to hear your thoughts. So I am going to ask you the Quality Bites question. If you were starting a health service from scratch, what key processes would you implement to create the kind of organisation you would want to lead? My number one is that all people are are unified around a core set of values that everybody's clear about what those values are and then what that actually means. So let's say they all agree, care, compassion, health, whatever, good outcomes. But then we start, everyone would sign up or agree to, what does care mean? What does compassion mean? Does it mean consistency of process? Does it mean staff helping staff? So the number one skeleton thing I would want would be a strongly valued but clear. We see values all over the place, don't yes, we? Exactly. I mean, you know, endlessly, everywhere yes. you look on walls, Precisely. in strategic plans. Yes. So what would make your values different in terms so, of actually creating that organisation? So my health experience, this one, I've seen what I think is an entire health service operating together on the same values, living it out. Right. So, so this good health service, uh, there was consistency all the way through. There was friendly attitudes towards staff, towards patients, non-judgmental. Yes. They checked each other and no one got offended. No matter who you were in the organisation, you were treated with respect. So to me, what, that's the sort of thing I'd be looking for. In another organisation, none of that's happened. So working with your staff, so one, recruiting. Yes. And then two, working with them yes. so that it is lived out. 
because stating things on walls is just rubbish. Mm, that's right. So in the organisation you talked about where mm. those values were lived, how do you think that that got from yeah. the mission statement on paper to your bedside? Look, actually I did a lot of asking about this because mm. I was so impressed. Mm-hmm. There were two, two different things, that they respected each other as people, but they had, they seemed to have, Meetings where they would go over what they were doing, how they were doing it, that they were all in agreement about what they were doing and the unity of that. In the other place, one, they don't meet much. Mm. They talk about never knowing when the meetings are, never knowing what's in them, mm. never knowing their role. Okay. So some really interesting points there. Role clarity, role agreement. Yes. And reinforcement. So such important things and obviously the people in the great health service didn't just one day decide that that's how they were going to operate. This is obviously driven as part of an organisational plan and culture and approach. Yeah, precisely. Really clearly. Yes. So if you were the leader of this organisation or an organisation that you were trying to create to be Mm. like this, Mm. how would you set that? How would you set that up? Two different things. I'd do my own homework about what I believed were the crucial framework things that needed to be in place. All staff unified and respect each other. Yes. But things like checking <laughs> yeah. and that it's checking's not bad. Mistakes and how they're treated. Yes. Patience and understanding of patience. Time and how time operates in hospital. For what do you mean by that? People say, oh, I'll be back in 10 minutes. And then they don't come back in 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> now, as a person on the outside world, I think they're inconsistent. Whereas when they say... I want to be back. There's a ward of five people. I'm attending to one of them. I think fine. Completely different. Totally. Same result. Same result. Completely different feeling from you. Yes. Now that's that's so interesting, isn't it? And a lot of people wouldn't see that as part of culture, but it is an important part of culture because it's treating you with respect. Yes. And both ways, because I hear patients getting cross about that. Yeah. But a hospital is a hospital. Not a train service. Bigger things happen where people need to be. And if a bigger thing happens to me, I want them here. Exactly. But not creating two different worlds around that. Yes. And that, to me, that also buys into the other one around communication. So that people communicate differently, et cetera, et cetera. To me, what I liked, the communication amongst staff, respectful. So nurses and porters joking with each other, but knowing each other. Okay. You know, how was the weekend? Yeah. Or yes. All of that. Yes. And then... Patience. I'm a. I'm a. Tell me why you're doing it, girl. Yes. Other people aren't. Yes. But knowing that we will be different, and understanding, I might ask the same question four times. Yes. So I think to me, that's in here too. So that so that the whole thing is unified, patience and staff. So they treat you with respect. They treat each other with respect. Yes. And understanding. There's not a difference. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Which means to me, you know, Julie, that it's this sort of patient-centred care thing we bang on about all the time in health. Yeah. To me, yeah. that can seem a bit forced and false. Oh, yes. this is how I really am with, with my colleagues, but then I have to be this other yes. thing with patients, when really the natural thing is for, for that to be seamless and well, to have a good culture across both. And yeah? my concern is if all you say is patient-centred, then staff have the right to think, but what about me? What about I, me? The feedback I've received is that they really get positive feedback. Yeah, the staff. You mean. Yes. Yeah. Really, they kept saying to me, you're the first person to thank me all day, all week, all yes, month. Yes. If you are never thanked, 
but you get constant complaints, yes. you need to feel someone may. Okay. So that was in the place that wasn't so good that you were hearing that? In both places, they all said, we're never thanked. Yes, okay. I'm not, the result on the staff in the good place was that they supported each other. Each other, right. Clearly, they found ways to support each other. Yep. In the other not-so-good place, it seems to have splintered. Yes. Ah, okay, that's interesting. So because they don't have that solid peer support yeah. in the second place. Correct. Not getting thanked has a bigger impact. Yes. More a, ne- a negative impact. Scary yeah. impact. Ah. Inconsistent processes, mistakes, massively. I mean, yeah. people come in and say, Judith, here are your drugs. Yes. And because I'm Julie, just check and say, look, I'm Julie. Oh, yes. wrong room. Now, if I'm 80 yes. or which someone you, else. Which you're not, may I remind the listeners <laughs> that Julie's not 80, but if she were 80. And that's happened more than once. Yeah, yeah and that to me is a symptom of a, of a series of things. Yes. Can I say one other principle? Please. In spite of having good knowledge about slips and falls in hospital, I managed to do just that and rip out and break a pick line, a catheter. Anyway. Well, when you do it, you do it properly, don't you, Julie? Oh, late at night. Yeah. And the staff could not have been nicer. So this is in place number one. Place number one. I kept saying, I'm so sorry. Mm. And they kept saying, it's fine. This happened. I was so impressed that all everybody kept doing was patching me up. Um, And the other bit of that, that I've noticed the difference between the good and the bad, is that in the good place, the specialist wanted the blood transfusion that was taking place through the pick line Mm. to continue. But no pick line busted by me. Yes, of course. (laughs) <laughs> so he's so they tried to put it into so into my arm. It got up to six tries to staff. So not only is it midnight and I'm mm. staff and sore. So I said, you get one more go at this. So they got another doctor in and she failed. And I said, that's it. Mm. And they stopped. That impressed me. Yes. They didn't say, well, that's bad luck, Julie. No, they wanted to keep going. We had yes. lights and all sorts yes. of things. But I actually got to name as a patient. And I was impressed with that. And that was respected. because. People's self-esteem has to be okay if you do that. Yes, the staff, you mean, their yeah. self-esteem. Yes. Yeah, so yes. it's one that their self-esteem is okay that I can say no. Yeah, and the culture will back them up, not blame them. I thought that was big. So how do you build that self-esteem in a group oh, of staff gee, that, that at midnight they can respect you when they're also tired? You have to have an honest culture because if, if you don't have an honest culture, if you say you're great, or that was a good action, mm. but you never say that wasn't, then it can't, people can't believe you. So, you. so people actually really can accept both if it's, if yes. it's given in the if right it's way. clear, because otherwise it's meaningless the other, mm. because people's self-esteem is built on the basis of good, strong, positive feedback, but it has to be valued, acting on what you say. So if you say all people are equal, you treat them that way. You don't only invite someone to a meeting if they're relevant, based on their rank. It's none of those practices that devalue people around rank, but actually say, you are important. What I notice, and again, I think self-esteem, nobody addressed each other by title. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Mm. You, as far as possible, would create a culture not based on the hierarchy that we so often base health services mm. on. Well, not based on, I like your role clarity, that's crucial. Yes. What's your role, what's mine? But that doesn't mean that you get to lord it over me. Okay. You might be paid more. So you, you, can, have, do more. you can have seniority. Yes, naturally. I think you need it. It's okay. just not operated in a militaristic, old-fashioned. Mm. Nightingale gave us, of course, she gave us a military model. 
of healthcare. And whilst I'm a no, great admirer fine. of her as an epidemiologist and probably the first quality manager, truth be told, she did give us that, which maybe hasn't served us yeah, well because exactly. people don't use it in a necessarily for goodness. No, <laughs> Sometimes I use true. it for evilness. No, yeah? that's what I noticed in the other services yes. yeah. recently yeah. experienced. Yeah. Exactly that. So that. The same hierarchy, but very differently played out. And let me tell you how one of the examples of it, in the great experience place, there were eight some agency people who were fantastic. Mm-hmm. No one was referred to as oh. an agency person. Other place, yeah. that does occur a lot. And there's a almost derisive terminology. Ah, uh, yes. And, and I noticed that. And the implications of that for a team, well, how can you be a team? Oh. If that's the attitude. If we treat you as lesser, yes. you're not part of our team. Mm. Yeah. So and in the other place, we seriously, I did not know because I'm saying, oh, you're fantastic and thank you for your help. And then I say to one, are you coming on another shift? And she said, oh, I'm actually agency, so it depends on whether they bring me in. So I would never yeah. have known. Not mm. from the attitude of the other people. Absolutely not. not. Or from that person's care, obviously. Oh, oh no. No. And actually built into that too was um, in my ICU experience, there were a couple of men, which doesn't hassle me, but respectfully the nurses would say, are you okay with men if they mm, come in to mm. help? And they also found a way of saying things like, one of the men is a bit more brusque. What would you prefer? So n- never putting people down, no. but just yeah. giving you choice. You know, that's such an interesting point about agency, and we are having, we're probably getting a little bit away from our original no, discussion. Sorry. Today, but yes. but the, no, don't be sorry, no, because it's all really useful. I hear all the time about the importance of um, staff in a good organisation, of course. You know, they're absolutely Mm. central. And often the fact that it's difficult to build good teams because of the use of agency staff. All all the time you hear that. But what you're saying is that it's obviously such a two-way street and and perhaps we don't think about it enough like that. It's the way those agency staff are. Yes. Embraced yes. into the, yes. the organisation and the teams yeah. must make a difference to the quality of care they provide. So, any mm-hmm. other pillars for yes, you, I'm just Julie? My... Yes, yes. What else have you got there in terms of you leading an organisation? What you'd want to put in place? Learning. Right, okay. The learning, and I'm not going to use the term learning organisation because, once again, that's become terribly jargonistic. How do you create an organisation that, that values learning and I, learning yeah. from each other? I never thought I was going to say this, particularly after 20 years of assisting organisations to do this, but I do think leadership is a key. You have to have great leaders. You really do. Then, good process. But if you don't have great leaders, your process just fails. So a leader leader at the top and then the leader ensuring that underneath it levels, you get good leadership with the same vision, then the good practices. What is it, you know, what, do you, what can you tell us about change Look, as an organisational psychologist oh. that people, people could take away and say, ah, because there's lots of great leaders out there trying their hardest to, to create this culture yeah. and, and not having much luck because they can't make it stick. Okay, so there's two pieces, I think. The steps aren't rocket science. They are out there. Many of the leaders I think I deal with are frightened. If I consult staff, I'll never see the end of it. Ah, oh, yeah. If I start asking, letting them ask questions, yes. we'll never finish anything. So they don't buy in. They're not reassured that there are quick, efficient ways of unifying people. So an awful lot of what I see is we're not going to buy into any of that rubbish. And on the staff end, I hear I've been surveyed and nothing's ever happened. And this is all time fear stuff. 
Yeah, well, that's what that's certainly been my experience ah. a lot. Instead of saying to leaders and helping them two ways, one, there are good, clean processes that do not take forever. Yeah, get your good results. But two, what are your concerns about handling? Because these are single people with probably no necessarily social skills, social, mm. interpersonal type skills. Mm. So people at the tops of organisation don't necessarily have the skills no. to engage, but they think they should. Yeah. Yes, correct. So it's, it's a terrible conundrum yes. that people get stuck in, don't you think? Yes, yeah. and owning up to that. And owning and it up shouldn't to be it. seen as owning yeah. up. Mm. Because it is challenging. But that's what, to me, good leadership says, I'm good at the vision, yes. I'm shocking at the interpersonal, yes. get me a great interpersonal. <laughs> yes, ah. The leader doesn't have to do it all no, themselves. The leader works out what needs to be done mm. and gets the right people mm. to do the things they're good at. And the important thing, and what you just said is too, that it's a leader believes it's okay yeah. not to do it all. Yes. And then too, yes. sees the job as able to say it. Yes. And then bring the good people in. Bring the good people in, mm. make sure everyone's clear about what we want to achieve mm. and let them do it. I think that's such a big deal in health. There's, I see so many executives sort of paralysed because they know things aren't great, but mm. they don't know what to do about it because mm. they know deep down in their heart mm. that they're not very good at the people yes. stuff. <laughs> yes. But in that lack of willingness to discuss it, they miss the opportunity yeah. to say, oh, well, that's okay. I don't have to be great yeah. at everything. Let's yeah. look around and find the people who well, are. Yeah, give the rest of us a job. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I think that's such an important point for people in oh. healthcare. You don't have to be good at everything. No. You don't have to be perfect. No. None of us is. Yeah. And the only way to get things done is to share the load. My In my four-week experience, they did save my life. And I said to the, the ICU team, thank you, you have saved my life. And they always replied, it's a large team. And my specialist, when I said to him, you saved my life, thank you, he said, it's a big team. Okay. And and that they weren't just words, were they? No. No. They really no. meant it. So many people would have said, gee, thanks. Yes. Once did a person say, I did this. Yes. Okay. That impressed me. Any last points that you wanted to make before we close no, off? No, no. Good on anyone who's willing to have a go at all of this. Have a go, yeah. Because as a patient, my Lord, my experience, they did save my life and I can't thank them enough. They saved it and then they gave me a great healing experience. I was going to say that, exactly that. You got both mm. because you can have great clinical yes, care. Yes, exactly. And in fact, you know, probably most health services will give you yeah, pretty good clinical, clinical care. Yeah. But you had the whole thing. You, you felt okay about it. Yes, confident. As a person. Emotionally. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, as well as physically. Yeah. yeah. So... I guess that's the message we finish on. That mm. That's the experience we need to create mm. for people. And yeah. all of those components are equally important. For everyone. For everyone. Staff, for, patients. Yes, yeah. yes, to come together around yes. and, and create together. Fantastic, Julie. We are no. absolutely so thrilled to have had you on Quality Bites for you Thank to you. share your wisdom and your experience. No. We so appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pleasure.